nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Welcome to uh, San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. Uh, joining me, we got the full crew together for the first time. Uh, we got Villain Enterprises. Uh, well, first time in 2020. Oh, well, yeah, 2022, buddy. 2022, wow. Well, it feels like 2020. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> it's still 2020. Nothing's changed. We got Rafa on the road. How are you? Uh, and and where, where in the world is Rafa these days? Right now, I'm live from Pflugerville, Texas. <laughs> Here in my hotel room, working working these couple days before, before the winter weather comes on Thursday so I can head back to San Antonio. Yeah. Dude, you got to give credit to Rafa, dude. He gets paid to do this show. Not necessarily by us, but... <laughs> <laughs> Royce, welcome back. I know it's your first uh, cap for you know, for 2022, as, as we just discussed here. Uh, yeah. How are you, and uh, how was your holidays? I'm here, man. Holidays were fun and frustrating, but looking forward to uh, to everything's getting put together for 2022. Um, everything's looking uh, looking like sunshine and brightness, and looking forward. So, pretty good. How are you doing, Harry? Doing well. Uh, so we're gonna get into uh, Rafa's section here. Uh, last Tuesday, I was actually out at the, uh, you know, up in Colorado, it felt like, um, <laughs> a couple of games over at the North side, uh, Gustafson stadium. Um, so what Brennan and oh, I'm trying to blame Harlan, Brennan and Harlan, um, through there. And then I watched the, uh, first half of the boys and then I just froze out. Um, and then on the other side, O'Connor and I think it was Jay. Uh, O'Connor and Jay, O'Connor Jay, uh, and, and you know O'Connor took care of on the boys' side the first game, um, and then even on the girls' side they took care of things here. So got out for my first little taste of, of high school soccer this year. I need to get out some more, and especially my goal is to get out to uh, catch uh, South Side. <laughs> excuse me, some of the South Side action, but. Rafa, while I get a drink of water here, uh, tell us about week two and 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 what what excited you, what didn't excite you, and uh, you know catch us up on on uh, this week here. And how soon are we to the uh, Rafa Power Fifteen uh, being official? Yeah. Well, this was an interest. It was past an interesting week. We had um, one district start, district play, which is twenty nine six a. So, like I said, we're out there watching some of the district games. Uh, I stayed on to watch the Harlan boys uh, versus Brennan. Very tight game. You know, Harlan dominated the whole game. They just couldn't really get one in until finally, the, you know, the goal started falling in and that went in. Th they won 3-0. Uh, 
in that chilly night. So it was a good start for Harlan for their just you know their run, their defense of their district title. Um, I was still still had a glance to see the other side of the game, the the J game with the girls. You know, Connor Connor had another dominant performance. Uh, like I said, they're going to be a sleeper team. The O'Connor girls, I think they may contend and could be, you know, ones that end up in the regional tournament this this come March, well, come come early April. And then we had some really interesting tournaments and showcases. Uh, I didn't get to see the ones on Friday and Saturday, but I did get to see your bar burner of a game at Comalander on Thursday. Um, I did catch the tail end of Madison versus Harlan girls. Uh, Madison had a dominant performance. And then the one interesting match, the one matchup I was really looking uh, uh, forward to was the Bernie Champion versus Soft Lake Carroll from the Dallas area. So you have a perennial 6A power, been a state champ, versus a perennial 5A power from our area. So it was a good hit, like a little heavyweight boxing fight. And and Bernie Champion didn't disappoint. You know, they scored on a PK. You know, it was, you know, Earn PK because it was a foul in the box. Uh, then Soft Lake Curl equalized. I was kind of unsure about that goal. I think there was an offside that was missed, but you can, see, you can watch the replay on our Facebook page because uh, I did live stream it. Um, but it was a back and forth game. And like I said, Bernie Champion pulled out a win um, on the PKs four to three. Uh, so that was a big win for the, for the girls, you know, beating one of the state powers, you know. On an upper classification, and one of the things I couldn't take took note from that game, you know, Bernie Champion was missing a couple of players. I think also missing their head coach, and they really showed that you know as a team they they, they just picked up the slack. They actually dominated the game, and pretty much, and I was impressed. So I I see them for five A girls in contention with Dripping Springs and under Dripping Springs as a defending. You know, girl, five A girl state champ. So it's going to be interesting when they play against each other. Uh, I remember ta- speaking to Coach Connors, and I think they're probably going to split. You know, home and home, and we could see them in the regional finals. You know, c- come uh, come April. So some good soccer action, and then we heard uh, kind of read on tweet about the Lakes Tur- Showcase. A lot of our boys teams play some top notch teams from the Houston Dallas area. Uh, some had good results. Some had you know to drop a couple, but. It's a good way to test yourself because it's getting you ready for district play. And like I said, the records up to now really doesn't matter. What's going to matter is what you do in the district play coming up. And like some like tonight, there's a big game tonight that's going on. Just kicked off with Lee versus Reagan. Uh, those are your two favorites for for 28 6A boys. Uh, like I said, you know that's good. it's just a big heavyweight fight when it comes to the top two teams. I consider them. Probably one of the top three teams. Those two are the top three teams in, in you know, in the in the city for six A, and we'll see what, what results we get at the. Hopefully by the end of the show, we'll know who, who won that game and so forth. But it was a good week for soccer preparation. I know there's other tournaments going on, you know, with the girls too with that showcase. There's a lot of great. We saw a lot of great teams play there. We also saw some teams head out to Houston uh, for that I-10 shootout. Uh, we had some other ones. You know, go to the Valley, uh, like Southwest went out to the Valley. Uh, they did suffer their first loss uh, against uh, a pretty good uh, Brownsville Veterans Memorial team. The one game I was looking for for them was, again, a game against Porter, but that got canceled because of I think probably because of COVID. Uh, so that was going to be a good matchup. 
So, so, but I think, like I said, Southwest will learn from that loss. It's like I said, it's 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 a good way to test themselves, and I'm sure they'll probably see that team again, you know, come playoff time, you know, in the second or third round, and like I said, hopefully they'll match up with them and you know and pick up a win and so forth. So that was a good week, and then like I said, hopefully after this week, starting like I said, next week we'll have our Power 15 because I want to see some a couple results from district play, and then we'll we're gonna see who's gonna. Who's real? Who's for real and who's not? You know, not some hot list or whatever. We're gonna see who's really the team. You know, that's up there. You know, when it comes to district play. Any uh, upcoming matches this week uh, that you got your eye on for week three? Um, uh, I'm gonna look at the schedule. I haven't seen the schedule yet for Friday, so I'm gonna try to see which ones. Like I said, tonight was. I wish I was in San Antonio. You know, the big game was Lee versus Reagan, but I'm sure there's gonna be other big games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be going to some other games. Um, hopefully, to show some love to some of the other teams, like the SAISD teams. Uh, I know there's a big matchup coming up with a very upstart team from Sam Houston. Who, when I've been in talks with their coach, and this isn't the Sam Houston team from old. And he's got a lot. He's got a lot to. Um, he said a lot to say about this team. It's an up and coming team, and they're going to be going up against another good team with, from their SASD district rivals at Lanier. So that's going to be a good game coming up because on the 28th. And then hopefully, like I said, we'll see some other other games around the area to pick up, you know, just to, to watch and see. And uh, that way we can feature on there. Like I said, we're going to spread the love to all the teams, not just a couple. You know, we're not here to jump on anybody's bandwagon. You know, we're, not, we're going to show the love to everybody here in San Antonio for, you know, for the boys and the girls soccer programs there. Yeah, so Royce, we'll, we'll kind of catch you up or get your thoughts on a little bit of last week's conversation uh, with okay. the uh, San Antonio roster because I know, uh, unfortunately, you weren't able to be here. So just to kind of catch up with mm-hmm. where we're at. So uh, player and in, in a good resource on this is the Striker Texas, Jonathan Check, if you follow him. Uh, he's got a good off-season tracker. Uh, check uh, Jake Footy. And like I said, here he's got he's got a pretty good list of going on and dates here. Now, one thing that is different uh, from his list than the SAFC uh, roster is Ollie Wright. Uh, according to Jonathan, Ollie signed a two-year contract back in December of 2020. However, as of yet, he has not been announced by SAFC as being returning. Um, which doesn't shock me. Um, just, you know, it, it'll probably happen in, in the next week or two. I have a feeling uh, for that. All indications from Ollie on social media, you know, you know, he's around, he's around town. He's, he's around here. So right. um, it just, you know, just, it's, you know, hasn't been uh, announced uh, that he's back uh, for that here, but uh, players under contract, uh, you know, assuming that Ollie's back, Leo uh, Torres, um, who's returned back from loan, uh, Patino, Dylan, uh, Jose, PC, Abu, uh, Mitchell Tainer uh, was a transfer in for that here and signed a multi-year deal. Uh, coming new, uh, but we, we talked about last week, Carter Manley from RGV and Elliot Collier, a forward from um, uh, Chicago Fire for that here. And then this week, uh, they announced uh, David Lorera, uh, who is, is a attacking midfielder, a young guy, uh, spent on you know from Orlando City, but spent part of the season with uh, Phoenix Rising, and they were really impressed by him. And you know, with the people, with you know, you know the friends that I have over there, they said that 
that if he gets minutes, he's going to be good. He's he's uh, very good, in, in, even in San Antonio's um, uh, and San Antonio's uh, description of him. You know, they mentioned that uh, he's a dynamic and creative attacker who, uh, attacker who excels in one one versus one attacking situations. Uh, David is very competitive, demonstrates a strong work ethic, and is committed uh, committed and ambitious professional who fits our team culture. Uh, for that here, but he comes from Orlando City. Um, I believe he's five five. Um, if if I remember right from his height here, to me he seems like a Pirano type of player. You know, just, just in the feel, just in the feel that I've I've got from him. Which I don't know if we had one of those last year. I think Quayo was, but you know they moved him out for. Um, Disagree. There he goes. You know, disagree it was gallegos who was gallegos and epps were the two piranha type players um and i think i think he's gonna slot in where epps came out so you're gonna have uh loera on one side and you're gonna have uh gallegos on the other and they're just gonna absolutely frighten defenses that's uh that's where he's gonna slot in that's if jose stays that, that's if Jose that's stays. very true. Um, Although we are it's a little, two, what, two weeks away from yeah, uh, it's a little over half. Closing. Yeah, it's a little over halfway. Well, in uh, Spain and France and Germany, I believe the January window is a couple weeks later um, than uh, England. England closes right on the thirty first, and I don't think he was going to England anyway. So the other player that they signed. Uh, up wrong was uh shannon gomez uh mm-hmm. comes to us from sacramento republic uh to me he is the sam gleadal replacement uh he's a veteran defender trinidad and tobago uh from my understanding he's quick uh through there here you know he's according a to uh with exceptional speed yeah according to mitchell taintor he's fast <laughs> <laughs> yes. as he tweeted that out so yeah so now if you look at his numbers, I, I, I think Gleadal had better numbers um, as far as, as uh, scoring mm-hmm. um, along those lines here. But uh, from my understanding, he's, his asset is crossing the ball, um, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, with how San Antonio FC plays with, you know, with their, with their wingbacks, that is an important uh, skill that they need to have as well as with that speed here. So. That's correct. That's why you have Patino and Dylan up front is you want them to get crosses uh, and you want to put them in. And then later in the match, um, you'll have the Courtney Ford direct replacement and Carter Manley also go up, which you saw a lot with RGB last season. And he will try to go up and get a goal himself. So that's exactly uh, where Shannon fits in. And it kind of seems like a really good fit. Um, so we'll see. Um, that's a really good signing by SAFC. Very, very smart bit of business. So, uh, we'll see how that fits in. So any, so just looking at the roster here, um, we're right now we're running the three, five, three, uh, Tanner, Manley, Gomez, uh, Leo, PC, Jose, Abu, uh, David, and then up top, uh, Patino, Dylan and Collier. I thought Collier is more of that. So I think Patino starts, but I think Collier is that 60 minute uh, sub that comes in, unless you think Dylan does. Uh, I guess, you know, Rafa mentioned that he thought Collier would fit more of the Nathan role. That's correct. Um, I agree with uh, Rafa. With that here. 
Yeah, Collier is going to be more the Nathan, more the transition between midfield. Uh, most of his highlights are dribbling highlights. <laughs> um, so he's definitely going to be that uh, that link between – he's a tall, he's a big dude, uh, but he is going to be that link between midfield and the forward core, um, which that is kind of a knock on the SAFC midfield is height. Uh, PC and Abu aren't exactly the tallest, but you go ahead and throw um, if in defense – they are going to go back in that, um, uh, like that five three two or that three five two, however you want to look at it. Um, if you have Collier kind of in the middle there, there's not a height disadvantage there because he's what six four. Um, yeah, so I think he's a tall guy. Yeah, I think that's where he slots in really well, um, and he is going to be that um, kind of Nathan replacement as of right now. Um, and then, like I said, so how the formation shaping to be. Um, it's going to be similar to last season, um, I would imagine. Um, hold on real quick. <laughs> Got a frog in my throat. Uh, you're going to have um, uh, Taintor where he was on the left side, uh, left side center back. There's going to be a center center back that is to be named. We don't know yet. Uh, the right-sided center back, the replacement for Courtney Ford is Carter Manley. Um Wingbacks, we're not too sure about. We know one is Shannon Gomez. The other is kind of up in the air. Wouldn't it be um, PC? Oh, it could be. Yeah. So that's the thing. It could be PC and PC could tuck in. Yes. Um, and, and I think it would be your defense. Your yeah, holding. yeah. Okay. Then we'll do that. We'll do that. PC is going to be your left winger who's also going to tuck in. Abu is going to be the uh, six in the middle. Um, ironically, that PC is still six, but we'll see if the numbers change. Uh, <laughs> PC in the middle. Um, and then in front, um, Gallegos to be Gallegos and Loera on the edges. In the middle, you're going to have Collier, and up front, you're going to have either Patino or Abu or Patino or um, uh, Dylan JD. So that's how it's going to ramp up. Uh, in that, that's going to be interesting, and that's kind of the big question that's on everybody's mind is what's happening. Um, and my, um, my thought about it is they don't know. Um, I think they're still trying to see what, um, where Matt Cardoni is physically. Um, I think they're still waiting for his hip to recover from that injury he had. Um, I don't think they know, but obviously they're probably looking at the, um, the market. Um, and they're just kind of, they're waiting. I'm sure they have feelers out, but <laughs> we'll see. Dude, there, if need there, be. There's I'll, one that we could probably get. <laughs> you know what? If, yeah, if um, push comes to shove, if uh, if you're going to have um, Taintor and Manly, and if you're going to have somebody in the middle, I'm pretty sure I could play goalkeeper. It would be perfectly fine. So, <laughs> so, so. <sighs> Here's my pushback a little bit with Larrera. Okay. His primary position has been striker. When you talk to the rising, they played him more that attacking mid in the center. Well, look at so, what the rising does, though. They don't. Well, that's going to be, that's my question. Is it a big okay. difference to go if you're playing in, you know, from the center of the field to one of the wing, you know, one of the wings? And we know SAFC interchanges throughout you know, throughout the game, you know, That's throughout correct. that here. So is that, is that a big adjustment you think for him or you think it's, it's just because it's so fluid and probably not that big of a deal where you technically start. 
it's more difficult to transition from the outside to the middle than from the middle to the outside. No matter what, you will see a lot of midfielders transition to become either wingers or wingbacks or fullbacks. That's a typical um, transition. So if you're going from the middle to the outside, that's not a problem. And the big description there is his one-on-one attacking is key. And that's exactly um, like, like you brought up. He's seems like he's going to be a, like a Pirano replacement. Um, well, he's five, five. So he's, 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 he's a not Pirano got the height to play up top, like you know. That, that, he's basically, I'm going to do likes. the same thing with with, with, um, with um, Jose's been doing when he right. takes one on one. So That's now it. you're going to have two uh, players in there that are going to beat you off the dribble. And then get the ball to the forward. So, and that's I think that's what they want. They want to get some speed up and aggressiveness, you know, up there to complement Patino and Dylan. Yep. And and I think that's what he brings to the table, for, uh, you know, uh, you know, coming into this season. Yep. So and just game to is coming recap, in out there. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I was just gonna let it go because I'm, I'm not a Cowboys <laughs> fan. And Neither am I. So it that, is what it is. I, I don't understand the play call. It was set up to fail, but that's a whole separate discussion. Players that we know that have departed uh, San Antonio Epps, of course, went to Rising. Cam Lindy uh, went to the switchbacks. Lindy went to switchbacks, yep. Uh, Ethan, uh, loan to Richmond, signs with them. So is permanently signed by Richmond, which is a great deal. I know a, I know a lot of people in Richmond are really happy uh, with him. And when he got signed, they asked me, you know, they kind of reached out, hey, uh, what are we getting? I'm like, uh, a boss in the midfield is what you're getting. They're very happy with them. And now that he signed permanently, they are over the moon. So that's that's great for him and for them. Quayo was part of the Tainer. You know, both ended up staying uh, with their team. So Quayo stayed with Sac Republic. Uh, Joaquin Varela, uh, loan to San Antonio, expired. He signed with Club Atletico. Uh, Gymnasia is going to some team. He signed with a with a uh, first division side in Argentina, which is an, an incredible move for him, and I'm super happy for him and his family. That's so awesome. And it and was Courtney. the that the team that he signed for, if you don't know, is the team that um uh, Diego, yeah, Diego Maradona coached for the last year of his life. So oh nice. Yeah. Courtney Ford, you know, it was a long shot. You know, his loan expired. Um, surprisingly, he didn't re- re-sign with uh, the Rapids. Uh, he signed with uh, Sporting Kansas City. Surprising, isn't it? But that's cool because that was his, that's his childhood team, which yeah, is really so. neat. But at the same time, I mean, there is a mass exodus from the Rapids. It's incredible. Are they, are they the new Florida Marlins? Like they have one really <laughs> successful Kroenke, season. It's Sam Kroenke. Stan Kroenke is garbage. He's just garbage. I mean, same level as Anthony Precourt garbage. Both of those individuals are not quality individuals for sure. Um, And then players whose status is still unknown. Um, Chris Lima, Nathan, Mm -hmm. uh, whose loan expired. Uh, Deplane, Shandon Hopperno, loan to San Antonio FC expired, was not renewed by the Sounders. Uh, Sam Gleadle, Connor Maloney. Jessier Kamiri, uh, whose loan expired and was not renewed uh, by Vancouver. Uh, so please uh, re-sign him. Uh, yeah. Matt Cardoni, 
Axel Schulzberg, and to me, uh, another one here that, that's kind of surprising, uh, Mercado, Carlos Mercado. Yeah. And, you know, Jonathan Deslis, Jordan Farr, he was an emergency loan to San Antonio FC. His contract was not renewed by Indy 11 as well here, but I didn't, it's hard to consider him part of the team. I know he's part of the playoffs, but it was an emergency loan type I'm, situation. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did he not play? More than ninety <laughs> minutes. I no, I'm not. Just, I, I know three games, three very successful games. I'm not trying to knock Carlos Mercado in this, but he had more minutes than Carlos Mercado. Um, yes, Jordan Far, one hundred percent a part of this team last season. I just meant it's like for Anderson for the playoffs. Jordan Far erasure by Harry over here. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, so if he doesn't sign, you can blame me. <laughs> I, I think, I think Marcardo. I think Marcardo comes back. I think he's. Yeah. You don't. You're gonna develop. You, you need a. You need a, You need a goalkeeper to develop, and that's correct. I, I could. I could see them getting three. Having three keepers. You know, nah. just to give him some time to develop, because I think I think La Madrid sees sees something in him, and like I said, La Madrid is probably the one of the best goalkeeping coaches in the U.S. Probably in the right, U.S. That I agree. Yeah. And I think in the so, country in general. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think holding on to Mercado because I've seen him play in college. He's got a lot of vocal, and then he played really well in those two games against he the League of America's well. teams. And, and and in the uh, the second half of yeah. the uh, Colorado Springs match, he played cool. well. So he's 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 a, he's a project for like right now just to develop him, but eventually. You but know, is he really a project though? <laughs> Well, not a project, but he's more of a development player. So, yeah, so, so go, go with me here. Go with me here, Harry. Typically, a goalkeeper will start their career around 25 to 30. That's when they start their career. Mercado is like 19. He's still a teenager. He might be 20 now, but he's still a couple years from actually starting his career. Burr, burr, burr. Uh, there's two things that I will include in this. Number one, he will be under the tutelage of Juan La Madrid. That's for his career and his outlook, that's pretty priceless there. That's invaluable. Number two, we will have U.S. Open Cup games this season. We are going to need a second goaltender yes. and for at least one game, if not two games in the rounds. Uh, yeah, he should come back and he should get plenty of playing time this season. So I, I didn't play soccer, obviously. To me, though, and, you know, this is probably more directed to you, Rafa. You train with the team all year. You stepped up and by everybody's accounts, did a good job when you when you got the opportunity. But, when you know, when the biggest games came on and unfortunately Matt got hurt, they brought in somebody else. Do you think that would impact the decision on coming back? I don't think so because I think he needs to understand that, you know, he – Probably doesn't like I said he didn't have that experience like what Jordan Jordan had as far as playing in playoffs because Jordan's been in the playoffs mm -hmm. so he had that experience and Mercado doesn't have it just yet but he will I'm sure he learned a lot maybe those weeks with Jordan you know he probably learned a lot and as for what to do what not to do on the field when it comes to playoff time as far as preparation and so forth so you know you didn't really want to throw him in, into the fire. I mean, who you know? Let's say we did, we could have had different outcomes, you know, and you know, we could have been bounced out in the first round. You know, who's to say? You know, it could have happened because of his inexperience. Mm -hmm. But you know, 
keeping him around is going to help eventually in the end because he he he's he is dependable. You know, as far as there were some flashes that he is dependable as a keeper, but there's still some things that he needs still need to tweak. But if you learn from somebody, uh, you know, the, to guide you from the has experience, it's going to help you in the end. And like like if you look at Robert's kind of comment, some keepers play into their 40s, you know, and you know, look at Gigi Buffon, he's still <laughs> playing yeah. well. Uh, but like I yeah. mentioned, you know, most keepers don't get to play right away until about 25, 26, unless you're like a really dynamite keeper. It's, you know, and which is rare to find unless you're. And I guess that's what probably has me a little bit, you know, with seeing, you know, you know, like the, you know, the, and I know they're MLS two goalies, you know, along those lines, but you know, what's the goalkeeper from Real Monarchs that was with that chose the Mexico. David Ochoa. David Ochoa, for example, he was a young guy, you know, that got the time, proved it, ended up winning, winning a title through there. So, if you're, and you know, I'm not comparing Mercado to David Ochoa, who's by all accounts a world class goaltender even at that at that age. Although I think Mercado has talent. To me, I think with USL and with you know with where we're at here, the younger you are. If you can get that experience, and I know you guys mentioned, hey, they can play to their 40s, you know, along those lines. But to me, if, if you can get that option, that's the only reason why I felt bad for Mercado. And, and to me, you know, at, you know, you know, I've wrestled and played football. If if I would, and I know they're completely different sports, but in my mind frame, if if I would have put in that effort, and then somebody and the team brought in somebody else, for me personally it would have rubbed me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, but I'm not a soccer player. I don't have that background. And I know goalkeepers are, you know, is a completely different mindset. Well, it's like with the case with, with, with the Real Monarchs, you know, they have that 16-year-old goalkeeper, but he's been with that system, that system and that team for quite a time. So that's why they were allowed to put him in. But Carlos, this was his rookie year, so he's still learning the SAFC system under La Madrid. You know, and, and, and like I said, I've taken notes from La Madrid as far as, you know, working with my keepers because I like using a lot of his stuff. It takes a while to learn his technique. And I know Madrid works a lot on, on technique, especially with the hands. So Mercado's probably still learning that. But eventually, I think the goal he's going to end up, whether he stays here or goes somewhere else, he's going to end up becoming a starting goalkeeper like around like 25, 26. Well, unless some really team wants to really want to throw him into the fire, then because you'll you know you'll see that. But he's under he's under good hands right now, and he just has to be patient. But he's gonna get you know like I said he's gonna get his chance sooner or later. And who's to say maybe if he, let's say we do get a keeper, he goes down. I'm sure my car is gonna be ready to go, and I think they'll they'll have a trust in him to, to play in that those games. Here's a question for both of you. <laughs> If they brought Mercado back, would you be comfortable comfortable with him as the number one, or do you think that they have to bring in a, a Jordan Farr or somebody like that? You need to bring in a proven keeper. Mm-hmm. If you're a serious team, you need to bring in a proven keeper. Yeah, this this league you have to have a proven keeper. You can't really, you know, bring in someone that doesn't have the experience just yet. And but like I said, playing on those friendly games and. Playing, you know, those uh, open cup games is going to help him eventually get that experience. But also, like I said, he's going to learn. Whoever is the starting keeper, he's going to learn from them, and that's going to help him in the long run. And that's what the, every goalkeeper, from the young, you know, from the young ones to the, you know, to the older ones, you're going to learn a lot from the older guy. 
and it's just going to make you better. And here, so on the players that's unknown for, is there anybody that you hope to still see back or that you think they'll be back? I'm, I'm assuming Connor Maloney, uh, Kamiri, um, are probably, probably the top two, I would guess, uh, besides Mercado, because we talked about Mercado uh, through here, but um, I don't believe Gleadle's coming back. I don't believe Hoppano's coming back. I don't believe uh, Deplane's coming back. Um, and I don't think Axel Schulberg is coming back here. So do you think Maloney or Kamiri out, out of that remaining list outside of Nathan um, is coming, Nathan and Lima? I, th- I think Kamari, I think I think he's a good shot at coming back because he can anchor that. He's going to – Ham Tainer had some great chemistry back yeah. there. He, he, they were just, you know, wonderful, you know, defending. And that changed, you know, the dynamics of our team. So having on there, he brings height, he brings strength, he's aggressive, and he's, he's fast too. So – and then – you know, unless some other team <laughs> he's undergoing show some other team, but hopefully we do do win him back, and uh, hopefully Maloney does come back. You know, you know he's got experience. He's you know he he had a down year last year because of the injury, but he came back, and hopefully, like I said, he'll bounce. He'll should be hundred percent ready to go if he is signed back. So, you know, he's bring he's going to bring experience to our team and help you know help the new kind of the newer guys like Laura and all that you know just get adjusted to the system. So. Hopefully we do bring out those two because as chemistry is the key, keeping as much of the parts of the of last year's team together, and then just adding comp, you know adding a little compliments to make the team a lot better. Your cho- uh, um, Royce, any thoughts on who you'd bring back out of the still unknown status? I mean, it's it's pretty obvious. Um, Kamiri and Maloney are the two top. Um, as as well as Jordan Farr, I would really like to see Jordan Farr back. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I would like to see Cardoni back, but we'll, we have to see about his health. That's the big thing. Um, yeah. Nobody knows about his health. I hope he's healthy. I hope he's back. That'd be great. And it would be amazing to have uh, three keepers on the roster so we can have Farr, um, Cardoni, and uh, Mercado. That'd be great. Um, because the last time we had three goalkeepers on the roster, anybody know? Anybody know that was that was, 20, that was twenty that was twenty seventeen when um and that was you had Lee Johnston you had um Diego, Diego and you had Cardoni and so and Cardoni got hurt Diego showed out we went to the playoffs we made a good run in twenty seventeen so and I think Lee Johnston was with uh, Detroit City last year yeah so that'd be great uh, to have that um, um to have that trifecta that trilogy whatever you want to call it uh, like i said obviously Kamiri maloney be great you want to see ollie right back he showed a lot of potential he showed a lot of rookie mistakes last season the game kind of seemed to be a little too fast uh with a couple red cards that he had um but that comes with game experience he just needs some game experience um at this level uh but he also had a couple you know at least no he had a few assists didn't he a few assists to mm-hmm. dylan Yes. Um, he had a really nice cross that went in for a goal at New Mexico. So he showed a lot of really good potential to be a very, very good player um, in this league. And if not a league above, he just needs some game time. That's the big thing. So I'd love to see Ollie back. Um, Matthew Deplane was very dependable as a defender. Uh, I would love to see him back. And he's very versatile. He, we saw him out uh, outside a lot. We saw him as a center back a lot. 
be great to have Matthew back. Um, we'll see uh, where his uh, journey takes him, but that'd be amazing to have him back as well. Uh, Hoppy Al, uh, shout out to Shandon. I know he's a new dad, so he's been dealing with that. So we'll see where he ends up. Uh, Schuberg, same thing. Also a new dad, so we'll see where he ends up. Um, Mercado, obviously, I do want him back to be that um, that second goalkeeper, that guy in the wings, that second or third goalkeeper. I would love to see him back. He's showed a lot of potential, and I was very happy with him. Um, like I said, in the second half of that Colorado Springs game, as well as the two Liga MX matches. Um, like I said, Gleedle, I'm not sure if he's coming back. It'd be great to have him back. Um, he really looked good. Uh, with the team, I'm I'm not sure if he's coming back um, as well. Um, and I guess that kind of lands at everybody that we're not sure about. Um, so a few, yes, a few we know that probably aren't. Um, uh, but but I think to we need to fill up this defense. So I think that's what they're looking at. Um, Kamiri had a summer tournament um, in uh, uh, Qatar, so uh, a very successful summer tournament mm-hmm. guitar um so we'll see uh, what comes of that uh we know nathan um he has been prominently um hyped up by the uh Cortiba, um social media pages um as kind of their next big striker and a, a lot of fans over there in brazil are super excited about his future um considering uh how successful his season was last season here at San Antonio. So that's great to see him. I'm, I'm happy he's back home. You know, he probably want to play in front of a lot in front of his family and his friends and everything. And that's what he's going to get to do. So it's awesome for him. Um, but um, so I don't, I don't see Nathan coming back. Obviously Epps is under contract. Ford's under contract. Lindley, Coyo and Varela, they're all under contract with the people. So yeah, that's what it is. So Matt asked this, and this was going to be a topic as well. Uh, we'll start with uh, the kit guys. We'll start with you, Rafa. How do we feel about San Antonio FC signing an apparel deal with Puma? Um, what was supposed to be a home kit now is a home and away kit uh, for this year because uh, as Edson is like, hey, this probably means we can't, you know, just do the home kit with Puma and keep the away kit with Nike. And he's like, yeah, no, that won't fly. So <laughs> this year we will be getting a home and away kit and then possibly, you know, other, you know, a third kit. Um, as well if they do decide to go forward with that. So thoughts on teaming with Puma. We'll start with you, Rafa. Uh, so anybody out there, if you're going to buy jersey, make sure if you're going to buy Puma jerseys, make sure you buy two sizes larger. Two they, sizes up. That's correct. Two sizes up Puma. Because they're just too tight. I, I I can remember when I coached with E-Med with the, the last club I team, we, we had Puma jerseys. I just didn't like them. They were just too tight, and that's we end up switching to Adidas. You know, because I I like Adidas better. They're just less less loose, and I think they have better better jerseys. But you know, it did say multi year deal, so maybe it's just a two year deal or just a three year. Um, maybe wow. it's like hey, let's let's well, just hold on, hold on. Let's see how it goes. Let's yeah. see. Let's not jump the gun. Um, I I will say ironically. I'm not sure if y'all know the history of Adidas and Puma, but they were started by bickering brothers. Adidas was the first company and his brother um, didn't like how he was doing things. So he started his own company and that's Adidas and Puma. So there you go. Uh, A sibling rivalry. Is it a step up or step down from Nike? Well, well, Puma's 
a brand that a lot of teams have, you know, a lot of teams do have. Like, well, AC Milan has Puma, uh, Marseille Olympique. Very USL-ish. Manchester well, United. Manchester United. No, not, not United. Uh, City. I'm sorry. City. City. City yeah. has. Sorry, sorry for all those Red Devil fans. <laughs> yeah, so so uh, Borussia Dortmund, Dortmund. AC yeah. Milan, Dortmund. Valencia, and Man City all. So all well-known brands do sport uh, Puma. Um, I know I'm oh. speaking with Edson, and he's a kid. You know, he's a – I'm not a kid guy. You know, obviously, I'm a, I'm a big guy, so – and, and kits don't come in my size. <clears throat> but he mentioned with Puma, he was excited when they originally came on because – especially compared to Nike, their templates has a little bit more variety, you know, he said. But then, of course, you know, there's, what, three or four teams last year that, you know, from USL that moved over to Puma, and they all had the honeycomb, you know, kit through there. Um, and I know, uh, you know, Rafa pointed out that uh, Loyal signed with oh, – I forget. Charlie. With Charlie, which is a Liga Charlie, MX yeah. company. Um or a uniform provider for Liga MX, not a Liga MX company. So to, to me, you know, if, if you're talking about templates, cause let's be honest, they're not, you know, you know, we're, we're not Manchester city where, you know, we can say, Hey, do this. Most likely it's going to be, Hey, picking from a catalog of the templates, you know, how, how do you feel like the templates, you know, with Puma compares to, you know, Nike or, you know, Adidas or uh, what's the other one? Umbro, I think is the. There's an Umbro, there's Umbro. whatever. There's a company that um, El Paso Locomotive used. Uh, Joma, Joma, J-O-M-A. There you go, that one, yeah. But they, I think El Paso switched as well this year. They're out, they're, no, they're out, still Adidas. Is El Paso Adidas? Um what, what I would say about this, and this is from a consumer point of view, this is from a um, business point of view from San Antonio FC, um, Nike is a lot of times difficult to get product out. Um, they're, uh, they would rather drop ship stuff, which basically means um, uh, ship to order. Um, it's, sometimes it's tough to get their stuff. It's expensive. Um Puma is not like that. Uh, Puma, it's going to be easier to get stuff. You're going to get more of it, um, which is good for us as consumers because there's going to be more variety of stuff and it's going to be easier to get. Um, if you know, I, I'll give an example. If you notice JC Penny, if you have been in a JC Penny's lately, they don't have any Nike stuff. They don't have. They barely have any Adidas uh, stuff now. They have a lot of Puma stuff because it's easy to get. There's a lot of variety. So um, I think it's good for kind of it's good for the club and it's good for the fans as well because I think there's going to be a lot more stuff available. Um, and if you noticed, a lot of San Antonio FC gear isn't just – it wasn't just Nike anymore. They started looking at other companies, and that's a big reason why is just the Nike stuff. There just wasn't a lot available. So – Got to find somebody else. That was kind of the writing on the wall. The uh, Fiesta, like the um, the warm-up kits weren't mm -hmm. Nike. They started going away from Nike. They, I, I have a couple. I don't know what the company is, but like the Fiesta warm-up top, the um, military, uh, military warm-up top. What? Right, exactly. Um, uh, the Pride Night. 
Ride Night wasn't Nike. So that's what I'm saying. Those were a different company. Um, and that's that was kind of the writing on the wall is we can't get you to make these special jerseys. We're going to have to go with something else, dude. So, and Puma, if you look at their lineup, their third kits and stuff, crazy, crazy cool. I like them. So I think it's a good step. Uh, Robert asks this question here. We'll go with you, Rafa. Is Puma considering a crop top SAFC kit asking for a mat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw some like some of the jerseys. I, I know the one you showed Harry Bone, the Palmeiras. I mean, that would be cool if it's if it's a black or red, red jersey. Um, you know. So that brings up an interesting point. Do you keep the checkers? I would like to. I mean, that'd be cool. Because it's an yeah. it's an identity for SAFC. I just don't want to look like AC Milan. That's, and I'm, I'm hoping we don't end up doing something similar to that. Even though the New Jersey is nice under Puma, one the the one worst would be Chivas. I, I hate the Chivas Puma jersey. They want to. Hopefully, they don't do that one. But that's because uh, they're Chivas, and you don't yeah. like Chivas in general. So yeah, you're a America fan. The Palmeiras anyway. one is nice. Um, there was a couple, who was the other one? Uh, well, a lot of the African teams, uh, national teams, have Puma jerseys. Um, I know like Senegal had really nice jersey. I think uh, Cameroon. Um, remember the ones with the real type with the cutoff on the sleeves? Maybe they'll go to that one because it's so hot down here in the summer. They play with that one. I mean, they've they've had some nice jerseys. On, you know, from maybe they'll take a they'll put like a, a like a screenshot of the Gato Blanco instead of like the elephant on the Senegal one. <laughs> You know that'd be that'd be something cool to have, but um, like I said, I'm I'm just well curious how how this is gonna work out, and especially you know you do have to wear like I said two sizes bigger <laughs> on the jerseys, and I'm sure there's gonna be some complaints about it. You know we'll we'll see. How well, this Chris goes. Walker, who, who you know from New Mexico, who who's done <laughs> kits professionally, um, he mentioned for big guys, it's that you know it's. They, they don't do a 2X. You know, I think the biggest size that they do is, is 1X um, along those lines. So, you know, to me, if you're a big guy, it's, you know, it's, you know, motivation to uh, lose that uh, 15 pounds or whatever, whatever that it is. <laughs> we are in San Antonio, so they should have thought about that. <laughs> it's got to get that, get on that treadmill, man. Got to get on All that right, diet. So well, what I, well, is... I will say, real, real quick, what I will say about kits, let me finish it out real fast. Um, the, the cool ones that, um, that Pumas are that do that I would like to see SAFC kind of have their twist on, um, would be, uh, Palmerias, which, uh, Rafa brought up Fenerbahce is cool. They have the stripes. The one that I like a lot though, and I would like to see this is crystal palace. Um, instead, so switch out the blue for black and switch out the yellow for white. I think that would be incredible or even silver Amazing. or even silver. That would be great. I can see that one, that second one into the Fiesta color one, like the white with the pink. And that the would be that would be dumb. Like awesome. First Fiesta jersey. That would be a boom, fifteen out of ten home I run. Think, I think that's going to be probably the third jersey. That'd be cool. The the the, the fourth jersey, the fourth home jersey, the second alternative home jersey or something. Mm-hmm. So the other big news, uh, we knew uh, Detroit City's coming to town. And since that's been announced, uh, Detroit City um, has uh, 
done something that RGV hasn't still and announced the players returning. Uh, two players of interest here locally, Maxi Rodriguez and Pato, uh, who played at St. Mary's. Both are back uh, with and, and well deserved to be back uh, with Detroit City FC. So um, we knew on the 12th, San Antonio opens at home against Detroit City. Uh, we knew that the next match was the opening match for uh, Los Dos LA Galaxy 2. Um, then they finish a Sunday match uh, with RGV on the 27th. Then we get Phoenix that comes to town on the 2nd of April. And then away at OC, home against uh, El Paso. Away against uh, New Mexico United on the 23rd, which I'm hopefully planning on going to. And then um, at or home against uh, um, Monterey Union, Monterey Bay Union. Um, I'm still going to call them Monterey Bay, not Union uh, for that here. May on the road, Phoenix the following week at Miami, home against the Switchbacks. Away for the second time at RGV. Um, RGV is the one opponent that we have that's uh, three opponents uh, through play three times. June, uh, we do the California, Northern California trip uh, on the 4th in Sac Republic. Uh, who, you know, if you haven't been paying attention, they're loading up uh, away against the uh, Monterey Bay, home against Oakland Roots for the first time. Away to on a Friday match against the Switchbacks, which the Switchbacks are loading up as well uh, for this year. A quick turnaround to Tuesday, uh, a home match against you know the East and Tulsa. An exciting one right before the Fourth of July, uh, second against Charleston uh, Battery, one of the historically veteran teams uh, of USL Lower Division. Uh, they have their breaks, which will probably be some summer friendlies most likely. Come back to the 16th of July, uh, play Atlanta United 2. Away at uh, Locomotive, um, away at Vegas. So you figure that's probably going to be away track. Come home and play um, uh, Los Dos. In August, they kick off with uh, Loyal at San Diego, the, the Finding Land Donovans playoff rematch. Home against uh, Loudoun United, home against... Um, Las Vegas home against RGV, and then they finish up uh, in a old NASL match uh, against ND11. September, uh, they go out to Oakland, come back and play San Diego, New Mexico, and Sac Republic. Uh, October, they go to Pittsburgh for the first time. They go to Birmingham for the first time, and they finish at home with the champs uh, who knocked us out of the playoffs um, and Orange County. So we'll start with, uh, well, I'll give you my thoughts. I'll go first here. Um, they better have, they better be in a good position to make the playoffs because September schedule and October, you're talking about Loyal, New Mexico, Sac Republic, Pittsburgh, Birmingham, and Orange County probably are going to be very tough matches. And I know four of them are at home. Um, along those lines, but I don't want to have to be needing points from those matches just because I do think those teams are quality teams. 
Um, first half of the season, I think, you know, Jonathan mentioned that we're away uh, majority compared to the second half of the season, which I think is uh, good for San Antonio FC. Um, I'd rather play Detroit City early than later because I think there is an adjustment to go from NISA to USL Championship. I think we saw that with Oakland Roots last year. So I'm excited that, you know, number one, that they're coming here. Number two, that it's very early in the season because I, I do think that that is an advantage. I do think it's interesting um, that the three matches that San Antonio gets is uh, against RGV. Two are away, and, and I, yeah, I know it's kind of hard to say this, but the top talent that RGV had has left. Um, they haven't announced anybody in. They haven't announced any you know anybody leaving. You know we know they're going to have a roster. Um, I don't know if it's going to be the same quality as last year um, at this point here. Um, I know their fan base is a little bit frustrated at this point, but to, to me, the schedule itself, you know, it's, you know, compared to the last couple of years, you're going to see new teams. You're, you're not going to see a lot of the same teams at all um, outside of, well, we're not going to see anybody different, you know, here in San Antonio, um, you know, cause there, there's no duplicates that, that come to Toyota field. So Royce, your thoughts on, on the schedule and how it shapes up. Yeah, man, that um, that September October is a bit of a gauntlet, but at the same time, at least we have a week between each match. There's no crazy three day turnaround. The last three day turnaround we have is there in the, kind of the beginning of August um, with Loudon and Vegas at home, um, which is kind of a good thing, blessing in disguise. Um, uh, man. Um, We'll see. It'll be interesting. I, I I like the variety. I like that they're going away from um, kind of the car compartmentalization that they've had the last couple of uh, the divisions. Yeah, right of uh, seasons that they've kind of had to do um, according to uh, you know COVID and everything. But man, this is cool. Um, a lot of new teams coming to San Antonio with uh, Detroit, Monterey, Oakland hasn't been here yet. Um, Atlanta too, Charleston, Loudon. Yeah, man, it's cool. Um, we'll see how it goes. It's it's very close to um, kind of a European um, schedule where you play everybody home and away. I, I, I like that a lot. I like that setup. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, spoiler alert, it's kind of like they're looking at to be more of a European type league instead of following in the footsteps of um, the cash grab league uh, in MLS. So I like it. It's cool. Uh, it's a tough schedule for sure. Um, there are a few areas where you definitely need wins. Uh, Loudon, Vegas, those are obviously need wins. Atlanta too. Uh, Monterey, uh, probably need to beat Oakland, um, Detroit. Um, but there's also some really tough matches in there as well. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm excited about it. it. It's a cool schedule and it's not more of the same. It's very different and I like it. Looks fun. Let's do it. Rafa, any thoughts on the schedule? Like I said, just uh, September, October is going to be brutal. I think early on, I think we need to get ahead get some points, have a good, you know, be at least in the top three because 
you know, at least going into that those last two months, if we're in the top three, we should be in good shape to at least clinch, like I said, the playoff, the playoffs. Uh, we definitely have to, like I said, uh, Detroit, Monterey, Oakland, Tulsa, Loudoun, Las Vegas. You gotta win, definitely win those games at home. You know, those those are must wins. You know, we can't drop points to them. And then that week in May, going from uh, the West Coast and then back to the East Coast from you know, for back to back versus uh, Phoenix and Miami. That's gonna that's gonna that's a little rough there because like I said, going one coast to the other, you know, jet lag, and then and then you have to follow up with with switchbacks, which I'm loading up on offense, but I don't know the you know defense does wins championships, and you can tell that OC they uh, brought they brought in some defensive players yeah. now. So and I know it's on paper here. I can tell you that Sacramento looks good. San Diego's brought in some talent. Colorado Springs is going to be strong. New Mexico got Nico Brett uh, to kind of help with their offense. You know, the, there's and, there's three teams um, that have really loaded up, and that Sac Republic, that's Colorado Springs, and that's New Mexico. Those three are open in the piggy along bank. with Rising. I think Rising still right. Rising isn't improving. <laughs> They're just there. They've always They're been there. there. Yeah. You still haven't signed a class. Clunky, right? Uh, Asante is supposedly leaving. Asante's so a freak. We'll, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. He's about he's supposedly a free yeah. agent. I'm sure he has a lot of people. I'm sure San Antonio FC is lined up and, and gives a, giving his agent a call he, to see he, how much he, he's going to cost. He can kind of tip the scale as far as the little bounce to to certain teams as far as taking them to the next step. As far as right. like for example, let's say if he goes to San Diego, he's going to help him get to the next step. That's or correct. Or even like uh, Miami, or or even even um, let's say uh, Louisville, you know, or my or, or Tampa. So, you know, he's he's gonna tip the balance of which which right. those teams are gonna really make want to make that push to get into that championship game. Yeah, I think uh, obvious. I one hundred percent think Asante would improve San Antonio FC, and how he would improve is that you would have Gallegos, you would have Loera, and you would have Asante, and they would just wreak havoc, just switching around, and you don't know where one is or one's going, and that would be... You're only going with one forward up top with Patino then? That's how it's going to be in general. I mean, it's going to be... You don't think they're doing two? No. No. You don't... don't, Well, you you don't think they're going to be doing Patino and... uh, And Dylan, no. No, not Dylan... um, Call Elliot Collier, like I said, is a Collier. midfielder. He's a midfielder, right? But he's, so he's not a second to that three. Well, he's listed as a forward. He's listed right. on. He's listed as a forward. Right. He is going to connect the midfield to the forward core. He's going well, to be the what, that, that's that's why I'm saying two forwards right. up top because Nathan was listed as a forward, but he was the one that you know was that connection piece. Right. That's what that's what Collier would do, and that's what Asante would do. But at the same time. Asante could switch with Loera. He can switch. It would be a lot similar to last season, except it would be a lot more switching where you would see, you know, Asante start in the middle. He'd go to the right. Gallegos would come up in the middle, and then you'd see Loera go. And it would just be havoc because the defense wouldn't know who to mark. They wouldn't know who to look at. And that's that's what I'm saying. It, it would Obviously, he would improve the, improve the club. He is a top player in this league um and to have him with that forward core 
good lord, that'd be ridiculous. Uh, but like you said, it's going to be tough to sign him because he is going to be that player that brings another team to that level. Um, uh, teams that are going to be looking for him. Um, you made a good point with San Diego. They really need some attack. Um, last season, that was their issue was attack. Um, Could you imagine if he went to San Diego? Oh, my God. I could definitely imagine, imagine that. Well, um, no, I'm talking about the reaction from rising fans. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. Where I really see him going, I would, I could really see him going to Indy 11 and them throwing the bank at him to be their one big splash offseason signing. Same thing. Miami FC is going to be a little difficult uh, because they do have uh, – I think size is kind of their game. They're, they're really trying to compete with um, – uh, Louisville and Louisville's game is size. Same thing with uh, Rowdy. So I'm not Tampa sure. Maybe another option. If he's going to want to win, it's going to be Tampa. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Tampa would be. Tampa. I don't think Tampa. he would go because teams like Tampa and Louisville and San Antonio and Rising, they're not going to pay him as much because it's those are like destination teams. Um, the teams that are going to break open the piggy bank to make him their one big signing, like New Mexico did for Nico Brett. That was their one big signing. Um, they're going to overpay for him, and that's kind of probably what he's looking for. So you know who I'd love to see where he would go to? Would be uh, Detroit City, uh, USL League One. Yeah, I would love <laughs> to see him there too. Yeah. Well, I'd love for him to get a shot in MLS. <laughs> um, I've, I've got a buddy that's trying to get him to go over to like League One, League uh, League One or Championship over in, in England. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, because. And it's the, problem, the January the window open. With yeah. him is is his age because he's on the later side right. of twenties. So that, that's that's imagine, the imagine there. him going to Colorado with Haji Berry. Colorado doesn't have any more space to you know for you know for offensive players at this point. I don't think. Matt, to answer your question, the first uh, for Copa Teos, the first match uh, San Antonio RGV match is not counted. Um, that's based on the uh, how Copateas rules uh, are set up here. So the Copateas will take the second RGV San Antonio uh, match in in RGV and ours, and then of course with El Paso. So that's how uh, Copateas is going to be. It's only going to be you know because there's only three teams this year because uh, the the bold you know are, are taking a break. Um, and relocating uh, along those lines here uh, for that here. So what would happen if all teams split home and home <laughs> wins it? <laughs> Goes by goal difference. Goal difference. Yeah. yeah, and there's other um, we're all there's other tiebreakers. Flip a coin like in Friday Night Lights. I think right. there is one of those is through there. But, but. So real, real quick, um, Solomon Asante is 31. So, yeah, he's kind of getting up there. And he's listed at 5'2". Five, 5'2". Two. Five, two. I just don't know. Take take that take that for what you want to look into it. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but he's still one of the better players in this league, even at thirty one. So yep. Yeah, yeah, he's a proven, and I think he would yeah. be. To me, he'd be like a good Rafa Castillo, where you bring on, you know, and that you know, you know, because his legs aren't the same, but you bring him on in that second half, and especially right. with free kicks, and, and and you know, he's still got that speed where you know where he could be a difference maker, you know you know when it when it comes to crunch time right all right so the last subject that we had here if you guys still want to do it was the fifa pro best 11 here 
uh, for that here. Let me see here. So for the, where's that other page here? Um, had one on Where did it go? So I think for the women's, uh, what was interesting is, um, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, but Alexa uh, Putelis uh, won the best women's player of the year for 2021. Unfortunately, she's not listed in the world 11 <laughs> for that year. So I'm not sure how that happens. Uh, Alex Morgan and Kari Lloyd uh, made it uh, from the United States. Marta, um, you know, are the big names on here. Any thoughts on the women's team here? Um, I, I don't, just to be honest with you, I don't follow a lot of the foreign women's leagues here. So, you know, I, I don't have a great insight on on, on all, what a lot of these ladies are, are doing. I think most of them come from the elite teams, like from like the, Fran the French yep. league and the league. Barcelona. Yeah, Barcelona. Well, Leon, Leon is probably Leon. the best in the world. A lot of English teams are on the up. I mean, you see uh, bronze there. You see bright there. Those are English players, um, and they're – I mean, yeah, they're some of the best um, defenders. Surprised to see Carly Lloyd on her retirement year. She, I mean, didn't really have that great of a year, but at the same time, it's the Leo Messi and Ronaldo effect. She is just one of the greats. Um, kind of same thing with Marta. Marta is – she's um, – Immortal. <laughs> uh, immortal. Yeah, that's the exact word I wanted. She's freaking immortal. And then Alex Morgan there, you see, um, uh, obviously, um, one, one of the greats. Um, but, yeah, um, much like the um, men's much like the men's list, all of those are very debatable. Um, they're big names, but they're still very debatable in what they're doing now. Kind of like the um, back line for the men's. What in the crap is that? <laughs> I don't even see. Yeah, well, I don't know what's happening there. Continue. So, because I know, you know, just you know, I know we're probably more familiar with 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 the men's side than the women's side. Number one, you know, you can catch it a lot more. It's easier to catch the game um, on the men's side at this point than than the women's game at this point here. Your thought on Ronaldo and Messi making it? To be honest, you know, is, is it just a career thing that you know if they're still playing, they're going to make the list now? You know who got snubbed there? Who should be there? Mbappe. Nope. Well, beside, well, another French guy, uh, dude. Yeah, Karim Benzema. Yeah, Benzema. Yeah. He, I think he he should should be on the top world eleven, and he's he's he had a great season this past year. He's playing lights out right now. You know. Well, the three the three Fords that should be there are. Lewandowski, yeah. or Holland, and it's Benzema. I mean, that's pretty obvious where the three are. Three. Yeah. Um, I Leo Messi's not really having a great year. He's not even the best player on his team. That's either Na I mean Neymar snubbed. Uh and, and Neymar Mbappe. and Mbappe should be there more than Leo Messi should be there. Um Ronaldo is I don't even know if he's the best player on Man United, and that's not even a good Man United team. Um he is carrying him a little bit. He, little yes, bit. yes, but no. Yes, but no. League, right? He's, he's carried him in Champions League. Yeah. From what I've heard, he's super toxic in that locker room, and it's it's real difficult to um, set a game plan because he's questioning everything. Uh, but that's hearsay. You never know about that. Uh, I will say the three in the midfield definitely deserve to be there. Kevin De Bruyne, Jorginho, and Conte. Jorginho and Conte obviously won the Champions League with Chelsea. And Kevin De Bruyne is probably the best midfielder um, 
in, in the world for the last few seasons. Um, like I said, the back line, what are we doing here? Ruben Diaz, really? Ruben Diaz? Sure, sure. <laughs> Bonucci? Uh, Leonardo Bonucci? I mean, even over Chiellini on the same team next to him? What, what are we doing? David Alaba? <laughs> what are we doing? Stupid, dumb. And then, I mean, Alaba did have a good season with Austria, and he's doing well with Real Madrid. He'll, he's he's actually stepping it up. He's fine. No, he's fine. He's fine. But I think there's other he, guys. He, David Alaba. There. David Alaba was um, excess to need for Bayern Munich, and they sold him <laughs> on. I mean, he no, no, dude, no, not he did get the Super Cup on this Sunday, so. <laughs> Because the Supercopa is a big deal. It's such a big deal that it was in Saudi Arabia. Give me a break. And then uh, Donnarumma, sure. Why not? I think it should be Mani Noya. Mani Noya is probably there, but they need to give it to somebody else. So sure, Donnarumma. I know he's still the up-and-comer, even though he's almost 30 years old. He's still the young up-and-comer. So Well, that's young. We had that discussion earlier that you know goalies I, at 30 are just – just starting to break in right but it but feels like money is another one i mean he could he could have been considered as well i i think it should have been i mean i will always say that kaylor navas as long as he's still playing is probably the best goalkeeper in the world but he's underrated because he's costa rican but um it probably should have been um uh, oh man um french goalkeeper help me out somebody mm. who's the french starter uh, his... Yeah, I know. Who's a French starter? Come on. Oh, man. Oh, gonna... Loris? Yeah, Hugo yeah, Lloris. Lloris is probably Lloris. the best goalkeeper in the world. Um, and he has been for a few seasons. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you even had Edouard Mindy win the damn Champions League. If you're just going to do Champions League, hmm, there you go. So. Who knows, man? Uh, that uh, I laugh at that back line, and I laugh at Leo Messi and Ronaldo even being on there because they, the, the greatest of all time is Leo Messi and Ronaldo. I mean, uh, that's it. They're well, they've been amazing, they but now an award for Ronaldo this year just because he didn't. That's correct. That's exactly <laughs> what they have did. Any broke the record? That's that's exactly what they did. They had to make an award for him so he didn't cry or whatever is going to happen. Um, and then Leo Messi gets the Ballon d'Or, which, sure, whatever, dude. And then uh, Asante over Linus. <laughs> <laughs> who's taller or who's shorter? That should about the same size. Tall shouldn't even be related to those two. It should be who is shorter. And I, I don't, I don't know. Um, hey, but Diego Linus is playing in Real Betis, and is he playing though, or is he just suiting just, up? A, just a cup games? But he should be playing. I think he yeah. made a mistake going to. I think he should have gone into the to the, the to the Dutch league instead of going to. The it's. League. I, I think so too. It's been really weird with. Um, North American players transferring to uh, Portugal lately because it doesn't seem like they've, I mean, they've really under, um, who's a Porto have really underutilized Tecatito, uh, mm -hmm. which I don't know if he's on the decline. No, he's now, he's actually now in Italy now. No, he's at Sevilla now, actually. Oh, he's with Sevilla. Well, good for him because that's a really good transfer for him because they stopped playing yeah. him at Porto. Yeah, Lupe, um, Lupe wanted him really bad, so it, right. Him. Same with, um, um, Reggie Cannon. Reggie Cannon could not get a start to save his life at Boa Vista. 
Um, and then they started starting him as a center back, and he's dominating as a center back. Um, and they're doing really well in the league, uh, which is stupid that they wouldn't start him, and then they finally do. And oh yeah, he's good. Uh, let's let's start him. Um, and then, uh, like you said, Diego Linez is just having all sorts of issues trying to get in the lineup at Real Betis. So, so before weird, man. we get a, before we do final thoughts, the transfer window. Anything that's kind of stepped uh, stood out to you for the first what eighteen days at this point here? Um, Junior Fleming's being transferred for almost a million dollars. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, not even the best so, player in the USL to a league two to a league two. Yeah, French league two that's in position to go league, up to it's league two, league two. So yeah, but I'm American crazy, I'm sorry, the Farmers League two. Farmers League, get the hell out of here! That's so st- it's such a dumb sentiment. The French League is fine. There, there's a lot of really good players in there, but it's not the USL. <laughs> that's it's. I mean, it's Ligue One is I'm better than joking. the USL Championship. I mean, that's that's not Ligue One is better than MLS. That's not even controversial. That's, that's very obvious. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was a really big transfer. Uh, Nico Brett going over to. Um, um, New Mexico is pretty big. That's pretty big for Birmingham. That's a big loss for them. What about um, Pepe going to Osberg? Pepe going to Osberg. That was for interesting because, million. yeah, that was very, it was 18 million euros. Something like uh, that. Yeah. That was, so a, a few things. Uh, I know the rumor was that he and that he was going to Wolfsburg and that that was pretty much complete. And then at the very last minute, uh, Augsburg um, came back. Augsburg is a team that, How do I say this? They're a they're a small team that people want in the second division. Um, people want bigger teams like Hamburg. Hamburg is Germany's second city, and they're in the second uh, second division because they just weren't good. Um, same thing with Werder Bremen. Werder Bremen's a very big team, uh, a lot bigger than Augsburg. Um, but Augsburg is in um, the Bundesliga because they've been pretty successful with what they have. They don't spend a lot of money. And they're trying to make a big splash in the U.S. market. Well, they did it. Good job. They did it. At the same time, Augsburg was um, willing to sign a lot more, put a lot more um, sign-on clause um, in their con- in Pepe's contract to FC Dallas. So when they sign him on, um, FC Dallas will get a good percentage of that, which would be really good for them, um, which uh, Wolfsburg was not willing to do. Um, and at the same time, Wolfsburg's a really big team, so the chances of Pepe being transferred uh, for a profit were very slim if he went to Wolfsburg. Now, if he goes to Augsburg and he shows out like he has a lot the his first two games, he's looked really good with them. Um, he's probably going to get signed on by a bigger team in a couple years. Yeah, that's uh, it's great, and he looks good over there too. You can see him going to Dortmund or. Or, or even I mean, even like him going to Ajax too can also kind of bridge to get also to a right. club. Right, um, dude, dude, we'll see. He looks really good though, um, and he's kind of playing almost as that false nine coming back and defending a lot um, and really getting involved in the um, combination of the midfield and the uh, forward core. Which I mean, Augsburg is not a very good team, um, but at the same time, they're. They're not in the relegation spots. They're doing pretty well. Um, let's see. More transfers. Um, 
the rumor has been forever that uh, Weston McKinney's going to go to Tottenham, and all he's done is score for Juventus. So we'll see where Weston ends up. Um, I, like, like you said, there's still a whole two or three weeks of the transfer window. Uh, who else has been transferred um, in January? I've been keeping up with the Newcastle, so I know they went and yeah, signed the – They brought in Kieran Tierney. Tierney, and then uh, they signed Bernie Strike. A wood. Striker, yeah. wood. Hashtag um, Newcastle has wood. Of, yeah, saw that. Just more yeah. of, hey, $25 million, we'll take your best striker, weaken you. Hopefully it strengthens us because they didn't have any strikers. So um, I'm no, they, they had the Joe Linton. Newcastle had Joe Linton, yeah, but um, Joe Linton. He was I guess supposed their to be main the, strikers hurt, though. Um, Joe Linton was supposed to be like their savior the last like four or five years, and he just never really came to fruition. So they've needed a good striker. Um, and Newcastle obviously got bought by a Saudi Arabian conglomerate. Yeah. So they're they have a lot of money. They're they're cash, they're gonna stay up. I know it doesn't rich. look good, but they mm-hmm. will they will we'll get see. the players to to stay up. I believe. We'll see. Uh, it'll be interesting. We'll we'll see what other transfers they make. Um, uh, Any thoughts on Ever- the Ever- Everton has made a uh, Everton has made a um, a big transfer by firing their coach because Rafa Benitez was terrible and that was a garbage signing and everybody knew it and it was bad. Except the owners, except the owners, yeah, the owners are the one that pushed it. Because the owners are dumb. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just terrible, man. Just garbage just gar and they had a world-class left back that the coach uh pushed out of the team uh, and they're gonna sell on the left back for like 67 million euros aston villa and then they're gonna fire the coach which is the most everton move ever is you pick one or the other nope we'll get rid of both stupid dumb <laughs> um but there's a there's a good transfer so aston villa got um Lucas Dinia, who we're talking right about, there. and they got Coutinho in, which is really good. Uh, and he really had good for them. His first is is, is Everton on regulation? Relegation? No, they're not in relegation yet. They're not in the zone. Everton, they're close. They're only at they're 19 close. points. No, they're close, um, but they're not there. They're not there right now. I think they're in 16th. Yeah, they're in 16th, 16th, 15th so or Watt, 16th place. Th- there's so. a gap that they have. I think it's between yeah. Watford, Norwich, Newcastle, and Burnley. Um, Burnley's the one that they know they're in last, you know, but they've only played 17 games. Yeah. Or Norwich is going 21. down. Norwich is going down. They're bad. They're just generally bad. Question is, is can Newcastle, can Newcastle keep above Burnley and can, can they, they jump Watford? Yeah. That's the question. Um, continuing with my Everton rant. Um, so they're going to have as their interim coach, um, club legend, Duncan Ferguson, who's amazing. Um, so he's going to coach a few games. The coaches they're interviewing are even more like face palmy than Rafa Benitez. They're interviewing Wayne Rooney. Why? Why? They're interviewing Wayne Rooney and Frank Lampard. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. It's absolute garbage. That's who they're Have you not seen what he's doing at Derby? Uh, or Derby yeah, County? Bad. Terrible. Yeah. You they're, understand why they're so bad, right? Because they have yeah. a negative 21 point deduction. Yeah. Yeah. If not, they would be third in the league. Okay, fair. So if you're looking at the standings, yeah, they they look horrible. Okay. But if you actually look at the performance, okay, he's he's doing well. Plus, Derby's got or you know, is Derby or Derby, they've got bigger issues where they're being sued by two other teams because of the financial fair play issue. 
Yikes. Um, you know, just there. If if I'm Rooney and I get the opportunity to go to Everton, uh, I no, he is he is outright said if they offer me the job, I'm taking the fucking job. Um, but they're they're hiring Rooney or they're interviewing Rooney, they're interviewing Lampard. And then the but other what, one what I mean, what Chelsea I mean, coach. um, Nuno is uh, that's no, not Chelsea. He's, he's still available too. He's available Lampard. and. Yeah, Frank Lampard. That's what I said. Rooney and Lampard. Uh, Nuno, who was the former Wolves and Tottenham coach, he's also in the running. But there's three coaches, including Nuno, I guess that was a giveaway. But there's three coaches that are top-of-the-line coaches. Um, You know what? Let's even discount Nuno. There's three coaches right now that are available that I I, I don't know why nobody's looking at. That's Valverde, the former uh, Barcelona coach. Available would be a great signing. There's uh, Niko Kovac, former um, Bayern Munich, who didn't do too well, but he is a very good German coach. And uh, Lucien Favre, who is the former um, uh, Borussia Dortmund coach, all available right now. I will throw in Jesse Marsh is available right now. He's a pretty good motivating coach right? right now. So there's a lot of really good coaches. And to try to limit yourself by looking at Rooney and Lampard, what the crap are you doing, Everton? I'm well, a fan, and it hurts, and it's yeah, exactly. That's well, the reason why they're doing it is because they're a, a shit show up top, though. That, that's my understanding, because I've started what? following uh, following a little bit on the Sky Sports, you know, a little bit here. I guess Everton up at the top, you know the so the the board and yeah, and the, no, the board the board's awful. I thought you meant up top like Ford. I'm like, no, no, yeah, no. I'm talking about up top. That one Calvert Lewin's one of the best Fords, but he's been hurt for the last six months. Yeah, no, their board is trash yeah they're not good what they're also doing what the board is doing what they've needed to do so what the board has been doing for the last five seasons and they're super in debt because they've signed a lot of really stupid players they had no business signing like um um the player that should not be named because he is currently awaiting trial for child rape um and you can look that up that is an icelandic top person that I'm not going to mention their name because they don't need to have their name mentioned. Um, they've signed players like that that had no business being um, still in the Premier League. Um, they've signed a lot of Theo Walcott. Why do you sign Theo Walcott? He wasn't good for Arsenal. Why the hell do you sign him? Uh, they signed um, Awobi, former Arsenal. Not a good player. Like They've had a lot of signings where it's like, what, what are you doing? Um and that's that's their board. But what the board is finally doing, they kind of Jerry Jones did where they went out for the names and yeah. But what they're doing now, they're finally hiring a um, a, a technical director um, and they're kind of taking things out of the board's hands and they're giving everything to that technical director. Hopefully they sign a good technical director, but that's what they need to do from the beginning. Instead of just saying, Oh, that guy with the big names available, even though he's been crap and he's been hurt for the last year. Yeah, let's sign that guy. And that's kind of how they've done things. Now they're finally going to have a technical director and hopefully good things come from there. This is not an, an Everton podcast, but this is quickly what this turned into. So let's uh, let's finish well, I'm gonna this switch up. switch it to Rafa. Anything yep. in Liga and La Liga that uh, it's the Real Madrid show and uh, Barcelona is uh, the... the- Barcelona right now. Well, it's the it's the Sevilla, Atletico Madrid, and Real Madrid show. Uh, Barcelona is just they're trying to figure shit out right now. 
Well, actually, Real Betis is ahead of uh, Atletico Madrid. Yeah, interesting. Simeone's kind of. I think I think he's already kind of worn his welcome there at Atletico. I think they they I think they do need a change because he's he's I know he won the Liga last last year, but I think I think for Atletico, I think they need a I think move on. I think they need a better coach as far as more offensively, and then Simeone, I think maybe he needs to go to a first start somewhere else. I think his tactics will work in, in the Sierra. I mean, because it's all defensive there. Yeah. Um, and as, as far as Real Madrid, I mean, they, what, what can you say about them? You know, they just they're coasting. They're 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 coasting. They're like I guess, with a Super Copa win, and you know, uh, you got to give it to Ancelotti. He's I mean, he's on the running for Coach of the Year. For you know, that's another going back to Everton. <laughs> that's another thing that really crapped on and really screwed over Everton was. Uh, Ancelotti was their coach. They had their coach there, and James was there. They were looking really good last season. Uh, they both left out of the blue and kind of left Everton high and dry, which has kind of led to this kind of crap fest. And they kind of shit the bed with their reactions. But that's kind of the beginning mm-hmm. of this season was that Ancelotti just was like, "Oh, the Real Madrid job's open. All right, see you guys." And then um, some random Saudi Arabian team was like, "Hey, uh, James, you want to come make a?" A bullet twice, of money. twice as much as you're making right now, uh, and you don't have to play all the time. Yeah, let's do that. That's fine. So that's kind of where that's come from. Sorry, continue. Yeah, like I said, the uh, Ancelotti. I think he's like I said, he's a contender probably for coach. He's he's done a great job. I think I think the biggest issue going in was like their defense, and they've really gel with Alaba's been a great piece. I mean, he's he's really stepped up with that Real Madrid. But then you also give it to the probably the best three midfielders. Casemiro, Modric, and Cruz, those guys are, they call them all, they're old and this and that. They just keep on ticking. And I think the probably the most improved player of the year, if there is an award for that, is it's got to be Vinicius Jr. That guy has been, he's stepped it up a notch, and he's really turned it on. And He's, he's really been the savior of Real Madrid yeah. because his development directly correlated with the return of Real Madrid. Um, that's pretty much it. Is yeah. Venetia's Jr. just being a world beater out of freaking nowhere? That's it, man. That's yeah, it. And so that called up by Brazil now, a yeah. sort plane. And then, like I said, what do you say about Karim Benzema? He's Elgato, you know, he's, he does what he needs to do. And just don't, just don't be his teammate. But yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much it. Yeah. Yeah. So he's outside, outside of Syria, the titles have all been determined, right? You'd have to think PSG's up. Uh, Unfortunately, points, yeah. Points. Well, PSG for the that's a that's PSG's for PSG's that that's that's Liga Un, that's French, yeah. I think I think you see Milan's up top for for the Syria. Inter, Inter that's Milan close. It's super points. close. Yeah, the that one's really close. No dominant team Syria anymore. Yeah, Syria is exciting. Uh, Germany is interesting because uh, uh, Bayern Munich has a lot of. They have a lot of injured players and a lot of players with COVID. So they've kind of had uh, – Julian Nagelsmann's really navigated that really well. But that's close to where um, – Six d- points, but – Yeah, well, d- yeah, really Dortmund was within three, but now it's six because they – I, I don't – yeah, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, but uh, oh, it's, it's at least within out. six. It's not double yeah. digits like Man City mm-hmm. has up or uh, PSG has up or – doesn't uh, Real Madrid have double digits up on the league? So no, they're like about I think they're like six, seven points ahead of Sevilla. Okay. 
Okay, fair uh, enough. Five, actually, but okay. I was listening to a report where Sevilla is about ready to lose one of their center backs, possibly to uh, uh, Newcastle United. So, Well, there you go. Final thoughts. We're going to start with you, Royce, because we're going to end with Rafa uh, for it here because he's got a, a, a topic that he wants to address, and we'll end the show on it. Final okay. thoughts for you, Royce? Uh, good to be back. Can't wait to start this season. Uh, supposedly it's going to start in like two weeks and we'll hear a lot more. And if uh, any any official from SAFC is listening to this, I am going to wear my socks tomorrow. So go ahead and announce a player, please. Thank you. <laughs> my final thoughts. Uh, I don't know if you paid attention to this, but if you want to order uh, four free COVID tests, um, if you go uh, if you, you, know, if you, go, you know, go on Twitter, USPS, or if you go onto their site, you can go onto there, have four sites mailed to your address, uh, you know, or four test kits mailed to your address, or, you know, for that here, if you want to have, te- you know, have that ability, because I know sometimes getting tests um, have been difficult. Um, now, this is going to be coming out, in the, you know, I think at the end of the month or something along those lines. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said here, if, you know, just with the time that we're in with, you know, with COVID and, and the different, you know, uh, th- you know, different uh <clears throat> versions of it um you know like i said here having having them at home you know having them where you can test at home and especially if they're free why not take advantage of that and like i said here for that here and like i said here it's very easy to be able to order um if you go on twitter there's a link at you know special.usps.com forward slash test kits took me 30 seconds to do it um the only thing is is it's one per address uh, along those lines here so Rafa, your uh, your final thought, to, and and we'll we'll go main screen with you, buddy. <laughs> my, my my final thought on is like is this over this weekend? Even though I was in Dorio this weekend, I, I still followed tweets and what's going on as far as the high school soccer scene with the tournament showcase and so forth. And there was one tweet that caught my eye, discussing about the officials, and I'm not saying any names, but the you know. What the tree was about is about some games being abandoned, the referees leaving at halftime over some type of discussion. And someone mentioned about, you know, the referees need, need to have some thick skin and they're hurting the players and this and that and so forth. Uh, my thought that is when it when it comes to, I guess, with the soccer, with the officials, you know, we're all come together. We're, you know, we all have to have the same respect, not only as far as like with the players and the and the coaches, but also with the officials, you know, we may not agree with a lot of the calls, uh, but they're still a vital part of the game that we have. And, and like I said, those those officials are there taking their time because they love the game. They're there to help, you know, help support the game grow here, especially here in the state of Texas. And right now we are in a, you know, shortage of referees, officials right now for some a lot of these games because I have gone to a, quite a few games and ver- very rarely have I seen a three-man crew. A lot of them have been uh, dual duels, and because you know, I know COVID's a factor, but also a lot looks like a lot of referees, you know, maybe don't want to take this abuse from the fans or from the coaches and so forth. You know, it's nothing. You know, I guess I mentioned about you know having the thick skin. I think we look. You need to look beyond that. We have to have shown respect. Uh, they mentioned about coaches. You know, hey, we're, you know, we really need to held accountable and so forth and. You know, we should have a thick skin. My personal experience, like I said, I did, you know, have an experience with fans yelling at us and my team, you know, making racial comments. And 
you know, for me, should I have a thick skin and not and just let it go in one ear out the other? No. So if I didn't feel comfortable with that, you know, the referees don't feel comfortable, they shouldn't be going through that abuse. So moving forward on this is like, you know, we all and have to come together. We all work together as far as, you know, everyone's a vital part of this game. We need to respect each other. Um, you know, the referees, like I said, and the coaches, you know, you know, if you're a fan out there, it's, yeah, we're not going to agree with some of the calls and this and then that, and that's just part of the game. It's the spirit of the game, you know, and, but there's no reason to abuse the referees, you know, same profanities and so forth. You know, we need to have more respect. We have respect for the players and the coaches. We got to do the same thing for us. And hopefully out of that, we won't have a referee shortage. And like I said, we're, you know, and hopefully we can have this grow. The bottom line for this, you know, my final thought is we need to grow the game here in the state of Texas. And I think football gets too much of the credit. Soccer, like I said, here, it's growing. We have so much momentum, you know, as far as coverage, you know, coverage of the games and, and getting all the showcases. You know, we're getting kids are getting showcased on, you know, player highlights and this and that. And that's what we need here. We don't need any negativity about, you know, officials or coaches or players. We need to come together. So, like I said, whenever you're at a game, you know, respect the officials out there, you know, just like if you're respecting your parents and so forth. We're not, no, like I said, they're not going to be perfect. You might not agree with some calls. Like I said, I saw a game Thursday. I didn't agree with one of the calls, but, hey, that's just part of the game. So, you know, just if you do go out there, whether it's, like I said, with high school, even the clubs, club games, respect the officials. Like I said, we need this uh, soccer to grow here instead of Texas, and they're very important for us to help that spread here and get that coverage that we they deservedly need here in this state. Well said, Rafa. You know, uh, you know. To me, if you're talking about high school club rec, the referees there are also learning the game. You know, they're they're not the, the you know they're not the referees at, at you know at, at a USL championship or professional game here. Um, I'll admit that I've. Uh, Gave some food for thought for referees <laughs> at, at a professional game. But to me, at, at the high school club, along those lines here, you know, will, will I sometimes say one thing? Yes, but it's never that constant or, or it's something that you still have that respect. And I think that's the key thing. And, you know, I, I, know, I know who it is and I've talked to the, you know, to the person, um, you know, who sent those tweets out and, and you know, I hopefully going forward, he won't put it out because he does have a good platform that, that he does. He does promote the game in a positive manner, but that was, that was not a good look. Um, you know, you know, for that here, even, even if the referee was wrong, going after them on social media is not the place is not the place to do it. You know, uh, you know, beyond that. Cause that, it doesn't help, you know, it doesn't help the situation. It just inflames it further. And then, you know, you saw teams, you know, for, you know, in the discussion below also, you know, saying, hey, this and this and, you know, yeah, just just have respect, you know, like I said here for the officials. A lot of them, you know, yes, they do get paid, but a lot of them, it's their second jobs. It's they're taking time out of their schedule to give back to um, the game that most likely a lot of them played. So 
just keep that in mind. And, and like I said, even at the SAFC matches, um, I know USL pro refs, you know, not perfect by any means, uh, but a lot of them are young. Um, a lot of them, you know, you know, it's a lot of them. It's, it's the system, you know, the, the, the U S U S soccer doesn't have it set up to where a lot of them can su- succeed in, in my opinion, you know, the best path, but, you know, we hear about refereeing across the world. So this is not just a, a United States situation. It's not a Texas situation. It's not a San Antonio situation here, but uh, any thoughts that you have on that Royce? I know you're kind of out of, out of the conversation on it, but uh, you know, any thoughts on referees, uh, especially at the uh, high school club level? Uh, Roughs are terrible. Move on. No, um, <laughs> no, for sure. Um, especially down at that level, a lot of it is um, a lot of it's voluntary basis. And sure, you may get paid a little bit, but it's like voluntary basis. Like you don't have to do that. That is not you. That is not your um, main source of income. That is not you're doing it out of you know the goodness of your heart to to expand the expand the sport and to help the kids out. I mean, and and like you said, there's a ref shortage because of, you know, we're going through a pandemic right now. And at the same rate, um, you know, um, down in those leagues, it's when your kid plays T-ball, if there's going to be a missed out at first, it's not the end of the world. Your, your kid's not depending on their livelihood or a scholarship to go there. It's, you know, the same thing with soccer, man. If it's like a JV or even a varsity game, sure, there might be a bad call. It's not going to change anything. The college scouts not looking at just stats. They are going to the game and they're watching your kid. They're watching your child play. And and a big thing they're going to look at is how they react to those bad calls. Uh, if they react in a very demonstrative, um, over-the-top, check that person off the list. I don't want that person, no matter how good they are. I don't want, I don't want that person's character or personality at my, at my team. If they do see something wrong, um, then, you know, if you see a bad call, you don't argue with it. You keep playing at the end of the match. Uh, as you're shaking hands with the official, have your kid ask them, what did you see on that play? Cause I kind of saw things differently and just come at it in a very personable, very professional manner. Um, and that's how parents should also act in, in a very personable, very professional manner. Um, sure. Boo. Boo is fine. Don't call somebody by names. Don't personally attack somebody. Um, if somebody calls a penalty, don't just, you know, don't agree with, Oh, come on. And then leave it at that. Cheer your team, support your goalkeeper to try to save it or support, uh, the kid that you have trying to make the goal. That's it. Move on. Don't dwell on the past on on, on the call. It and kind of how it goes is kind of an overarching theme is golden rule: treat others how you want to be treated. It is an evergreen statement, and no matter what you're in, that's exactly how you should treat another person. One thing I do want to point out is like for the officials, especially with the high school soccer. You know, I don't think we've had problems. Maybe like the high school football. Where we've seen the incidents like at Marble Falls, yeah, incidents down the valley, getting yeah, getting the referees getting insulted, and I think those type of comments being tweeted out, you know, who's to say a player doesn't take that into context, and then the next game or a parent or a parent, parent, yeah, we have some one of our officials getting punched out at a game or yeah. 
or, or or something more violent than that, you know. And then that inciting said, violence, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a you know there's you know we have to show better character on that, especially yeah you know like I said character when it comes with the officials, and like I said we don't want to have that negative those words out there because it could lead to that. And like and like I said, God bless her, you know the high school soccer that we haven't had that situation yet, or you know that a referee's been punched out or or really assaulted. You know, Correct. and and that's something that you know us, the coaches, and even the players have to take a responsibility. You know, of not allowing that to happen. And then, like I said, there's you know something like that. You know, that's been a black eye for high, Texas high school football. Those two incidents, and luckily for us in high school, for the high school scene, we haven't had that, and hopefully we don't have that in the in the future because of those comments. So, do want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in uh, tonight here, Robert. Um, saw you, Ralph, Matt. Um, I think there was one more. Da, 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 da. No, that was just it. As far as that chimed in, um, if you are at a game, uh, if you can tag uh, two ten soccer scores or tag uh, TXHS sock scores, um, that way we can get the scores of the games out. Um, do want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, but what's life without goals? And uh, we're out of here, and we'll see you. Possibly next week, if not in two weeks, depending on the news uh, of the upcoming week. I have a feeling uh, or I have a hope that San Antonio <laughs> FC will be giving uh, some information here fast and furious. But you, know, you are optimistic. Yeah, I'm, I'm, still waiting on, I'm still waiting on them to announce Preston's uh, replacement so that way yeah. he can move on to his new position. Yeah. And we can get adjusted to the new social media, you know, individuals and, and you know, build that relationship. Um, not that I want to get rid of you, Preston, because you've been, you know, a heck of a resource and, and guy. But, you know, if you've accepted another position, get you in your role and, and you know, let's get the new person in and, and uh, get them rolling. Because I do think that's also played a little bit of part on, on the uh, slowness of the information if Preston's doing double duty right now. Correct. But, uh Thank you guys for turning in. Uh, if you can, please like and comment on this on the show. Thank you.